Greetings and salutations everybody. Welcome to episode 103 and if you are new around here to this podcast, my name is Jason. Uh, this is Ed on my right. Nathan is on my left. We are a part of the teaching team here at Community Christian Church and uh, again, if it's your first time, we do this podcast every week so that we can just have some conversations. We design these conversations around the idea that we want to help you think about and respond to your world in a more Jesus-centered way because we think that's the better way to do life. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have another one of those conversations uh, wrapped around uh, a couple of questions that we got sent in to us. Uh, Before we get to them, how you guys doing this week? Doing okay? I'm doing good. Okay. Really good. It's been a good week. Everybody good? I think so. Okay. Well, we'll check on you at the end of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, check we'll in. See if you're check doing in good later. After this is over. Check in later. Uh, doing. Yeah. So, um, a couple of serious questions today. Okay. Well, we're gonna be serious. They, All right. They, they can we do that? To the wrong I think we can. Can we be serious? You never know what's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. These questions actually came to us a little bit differently. Now, for, for those of you who are new, we, we put a link in the description where you can click and fill out a form and, and they, you, they, you send questions directly to us. This person actually found us on our website, oh. sent a message through that, and intentionally made sure they remained anonymous. They were, you know, it was very clear, I want to remain anonymous on this, which is fine. We, that we'll, well, we take those. it they're a regular listener or they wouldn't have... Yeah, known that they can and ask they, questions. They, or... they obviously found us somehow and um, asked some pretty deep. I think um, pretty. Uh, I've heard these questions before, and they're very good ones. They they get right to the heart of some of the things that we talk about on this podcast. Um, so I want to get right into it. And this is a, again a person that is obviously you've heard us talk about this before and um, want us to clarify some things that we've said before. So that I, I'm. Appreciate you asking. And I'm surprised us. more people don't need us to well, clarify things. Yes, because <laughs> we blow through a lot of we, stuff. We ramble. We do. <laughs> but this is going to give us a chance to talk about it, so I'm, I'm glad you asked this question. So I'll just read the question as it was asked. Uh, it says, uh, you talk about God giving us a good life, which we have before. We've even had series about that whole thing. Uh, talk about God giving us a good life. But what do we say to people who are homeless? who are in third world countries, in abusive situations and things of that nature. So that's a great question. And, and what I think the first, uh, I want to dig a little bit into that question because I think this is important for us to go ahead and define first. So let's talk about that phrase. When we talk about God Jesus, following Jesus, giving us a good or better life, um, what do we mean by that? I mean, what kind of life are we talking about that Jesus did promise? Because Jesus did promise us a kind of life. Mm-hmm. We have described it as good. <laughs> he described it as good. Well, what does that even really mean? Well, you know, there's something I always hate when anybody brings up a situation like abuse that mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to go too far without addressing it and yes. just and and a couple in a couple of ways. Um, I could take, I don't, since I don't know who wrote it and I don't know their context, I could take it that them saying God put them in a situation where they're being abused. Mm-hmm. That may not be what they meant, but mm-hmm. I could hear the question that yeah, way as sure. being, you know, what do you say to people who God put them in a situation where they're being abused mm-hmm. and God doesn't stop the abuser? Uh, one, God doesn't want anybody to be abused. That's mm-hmm. pretty clear when you read the scripture when God originally created the planet and with the commands that he gives for us to each other. If we would do what God asked us to do, people would not be abused. Anyone would not be abused. Mm-hmm. 
and by following the commands of Jesus and being a part of the community of Jesus, when the community is operating right and the people are following the commands, if you are in an abusive situation, we would want to help you get out of that situation mm, yes. because that's been a command for us. Mm -hmm. And the commands of Jesus would give you the strength then to know how to react to your abuser in such a way that even once you were removed, the abuse would not continue to harm you by helping you learn how to forgive, helping you learn how to let that go, helping you build, rebuild your life, all of those kind of things. So I think I should just say again, mm. I, God didn't put you in that situation mm. if that's where you are. And if you are in that situation, all you have to do is really reach out again to us. You can yes. call the phone number. Really, wherever if you're, I, I don't know what I could do if you're on the other side of the country other than try to put you in contact with another group of believers that I think would help you. But wherever you are, I don't want you to think that you need to be abused without us trying to help you in some way. Hmm. Good. Thanks for clarifying that. So let's get back to this idea of God giving us a good life. What is the good life? I think Jesus even almost directly addresses this mm -hmm. question at the beginning of the Sermon on the That's Mount. That's what I was going to say. Where he says, blessings on the poor. Mm -hmm. uh, some people translate it to blessings on the poor in spirit. Yeah. Uh, but lots of people just leave it at blessings on the poor. Well, I think Luke actually in his, you know, because mm -hmm. there are two different, I think he does just say poor. Yeah, because then he, he says, woe to the rich. Woe to the rich. Yes. And he contrasts it. Yes. And so there's blessings on the poor, blessings on those who mourn. So people in, in, in bad yep. situations, in whether it's loss or just, mm -hmm. they're just, yeah, they're in pain. They're in some kind of suffering, right? He says, blessed are those who are persecuted and all this different kinds of stuff. People who hunger and thirst for justice. So the idea is you're in some situation where you're being treated unfairly mm -hmm. uh, or not in the correct way. Uh, and what Jesus isn't saying is he isn't saying those situations are blessed, that those are a good situation to be in. What he is saying is, um, and I've heard, I heard one, um, I don't remember if it was a commentator or not, talk about that the idea behind this is that blessings was this almost uh, congratulatory statement of something good is here now. Mm -hmm. Something good, like this is a blessed thing. It's, it's blessed are you even when you're poor, mm -hmm. even when you're mourning, even when you're in an unfair, unjust situation. And the reason why is the kingdom of God has come near and what the kingdom of God ultimately is, is that God is interacting in the world and he's interacting in your life and everything that is um, good and abundant, that, it, that it, it is coming to you. And what I love is, you know, we, we even talk about it. Sometimes we use the word good because we're, I think sometimes that's a difficult translation because we're just throwing good in there. But I love the translation. I think it's New Living that talks about the, uh, abundant, full and abundant life of Jesus, that it's rich and satisfying, mm -hmm. that it's a rich and satisfying life. And I think that's a better picture for some of us is that even when I'm poor, even when I'm mourning, even when I'm unjust, I can have a kind of life that Jesus described as like springs of living water flowing from my belly that is rich and satisfying in a way that poverty can't touch, mm. in a way that grief and loss can't corrode or destroy, mm -hmm. that there is a rich and satisfying life I'm in touch with that my circumstances in this life don't touch. Once again, as you've already said about abuse, but I think in all situations, we would not say poverty is blessed mm. because there is a, there is a level of, um, of um, demeaning that happens the kind of simple indignities of, that happen when you're when you're poor in this life that Jesus isn't trying to visit upon a person. That's right. 
But we look at and we say that even when you're poor, that Jesus himself became poor. Mm -hmm. That he chose to became poor. That he was in touch with this rich and satisfying life, even in this way. And I don't think Jesus is trying to say, hey, every person has to be poor. Or that you are somehow better off when you're poor. No, and it must be clear that throughout history, the uh, community that has done more for the sake of the poor has been the Jesus community. Right, and for the sake of trying to lift people yes. and say, and, and, and say, I'm not trying, we don't want you to live in this kind of mm -hmm. um, undignified state. Well, and often the way the poor have gotten lifted in countries, I mean, just on it. Again, it, it's so hard for Western Christians. It's why, you know, one of the best things I say to people all the time, if you want to break your paradigms of what you think about stuff, you need to get a passport. I know it's tough in COVID. And you need to intentionally fly to places mm -hmm. where they do not have the same lifestyle that we are. And your, your modes of what it means, your thoughts of what are blessed will be blown. I watch it every time anybody goes to Haiti with me and they see, you see material poverty in ways you have not ever seen before and you see spiritual blessing in ways you haven't seen before mm -hmm. coming from people who are poor and the poor more than rich, it's the poor that wind up helping each other. Mm -hmm. And often, mm -hmm. particularly among Christians in the first century, Almost all of them were yes. poor, and they did help the poor in their culture, but it was the poor helping the poor. Right. I think it's one, one of the Corinthians where Paul's commending uh, one particular mm -hmm. group. Yeah. He yeah. says, out of their poverty they gave. It wow. wasn't out of their great wealth they gave. And he's really trying to shame some wealthy people yes. into saying, these people gave to help you out of their poverty. Uh, the church has long been a place where the poor are received dignity, are lifted up. I, you know, there's some, there's so, there are levels to this question I wish we had time to talk about. I'd like to talk about the fact of, we talked about a little bit on the abuse. Does God, does material blessing necessarily indicate that God is, that it is a blessing? I know people that material blessing has been a curse. Yes. Sure. So we tend to say, man, they're so blessed and it destroys their life, mm -hmm. it destroys their relationships. It just I mean, it's a it has a corroding impact not somewhere in the future, you know, it says you store yourself uh, treasures in heaven where moth and rust don't uh, destroy. There's a corroding impact of wealth and stuff if you don't really buffer against it mm -hmm. in this life. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, just just watch a uh, family get torn apart when uh, mm -hmm. somebody dies and um, an inheritance gets yeah. thrown into the mix. I've seen that so many times. Yeah, me too. I mean, there are some uh, some distant distant relatives in my wife's family that uh, it's it's they're they're about to leave this world and they haven't spoken in probably 40, 50 years. Oh yeah. Over material wealth. And well, when you really hear about the amount of wealth, it's often not very much yeah. wealth. Yeah. It's, it's just the fact of, and so when people say, you know, what do you say to somebody who's poor? I try to treat them with the same dignity and lift them and they're a full person. I don't look down at them. I don't act like, I try to help them with their need and all of those kind of things. I just, we really have to get clear in our mind. Did God, 
is God cursing them somehow? And did God bless me somehow? So then if that's true, what about all the people who do evil to get riches? Were they also blessed? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Yeah, that's why it gets all really messy when you equate right. blessing with material things. So when you ask me, when you ask about what does the good life look like, what I think is very interesting is that Jesus never really says. And what I mean by says is he does not write a treatise. No. He does not write a statement. What he does do, and I think this is so interesting, and we miss this sometimes, he gives us stories, and he's painting this picture that's really very abstract, and it's intentional. It's meant to draw you in, and so he talks about it. It's like this feast that a person threw, and the people you would expect to come to the feast they didn't want to be there, but the poor and the blind and the lame and the people who wouldn't be able to throw a feast because that's how it worked in their society. You would return the favor. It was just this never-ending feast. And I think about the, the, the at the time we're recording this, the sermon you preached about Jesus turning water into wine. There's something about the fact that what Jesus is doing is he's saying, hey, the kingdom of God, this first sign of the kingdom of God, it's overflowing with every good right. thing. You'll, you'll never run out of wine. That everything you need, it is provided for you. It's this picture in Psalm 23 of, right, of, of, of a life without lack, that you lack no good thing. And these are pictures. They are not, and it's not even pictures. Picture is a bad word. They're abstract paintings. There are things that you look at, and I'm not allowed to go, well, you said I lack no good thing. And I've decided what a good thing what is, thing is a bins. And as long as I get a bin or, or a child, and I can't a have a child, or a mate, and I don't have a yes. mate, or my mate died before I thought they should die, or my child got sick, and I've decided the only way to have a good life is to have these things. But, you know, here's the Apostle Paul, and there's this is the verse that, I mean, all I know is Western Christianity and the way it's been taught, so, you know, where Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and... <laughs> And people most always are talking about, I can reach that goal. I can do this mm -hmm. thing. I can get more for me. I can get more for myself. And Paul's applying it to, I can make it through prison. Yep. I can make it through poverty. I can make it through hunger. He says, I can do all these things. And he's seeing it as a good thing. And he says, I have learned to be content. content. Now, you want to know what a good life is? A good life is, I'm content, whatever Never comes happened. at me. Well, and, and back to what you said about when Jesus uh, introduced the kingdom of God through the Sermon on the Mount, and he talked through the, those Beatitudes, and he put blessings in all of these situations that we would not consider to be blessed. What he was doing was he was, he was showing us that the kingdom of God, which is the good life, cuts through all of that, and it is available in the midst of all, all of these things. And so back to the question, you know, all of these things that you mentioned uh, homeless, being in a third world situation, what Jesus was trying to tell people in those circumstances was the kingdom of God is yours too. Yep. And, and it is not tied to that circumstance, whatever your circumstance might be. So, and so when he says congratulations, cheer up, the life of with God, we've called that before, the with God life right. is available to you even in the midst of that. And so now that's, why, that's where we as Christians get the ability to rejoice in suffering, right. yeah. to rejoice in poverty, to rejoice in grief. And I, I see it most clearly uh, for me whenever I go and um, I'm a part of a funeral of someone who is a, a follower of Jesus. And I talk to people, and I always almost say this when I preach a funeral, is I say, guys, you know, we're here in the midst 
of, of, of this crushing grief. We are, we are so sad for what we have lost, but yet we can, be, we can rejoice and we can participate in the good life because, because of what Jesus did. We know that this death thing, it's done, it's done with. Done. It has no death. Where is your sting? Where is your power? It's gone. You know, Jesus crushed it. And so we can look at a life at, and that would, I would say that's about as worse off as you can be. Because yeah. <laughs> somebody asked me one time, I said, what's the worst thing that could happen to you? Well, I could get killed. Okay, Jesus took that care of that that's right. too. And that's what he's talking about. He's well, cutting through all that. And I think, I think when you get down to it, where this, especially the Beatitudes, became very real for me was I was sitting with a group of people and we were reading through the Sermon on the Mount. And I just started looking around the room, and it just, I, I think we look at obviously people who are homeless, people who are in, in terrible situations are suffering. But there's a way in which all of us are suffering, mm. and we're not, we try so hard to not be aware of it. We try to dress it up, and it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. And so I look around this room, and I realize as we're going through it that there are things that happen to us. And one person had just said it where this is a, a young woman who's now a single mom, for no reason of her own. She did all the right things, and the other person in the relationship blew it up mm -hmm. and made horrible decisions, can no longer be involved in her or the kid's life. Mm -hmm. And she just said, I feel like I had this shot at a good life, mm -hmm. the life I'd always dreamed of, and that's never going to happen for me or my kid. And there, and she's not wrong. There is, ir right. there, is, there is damage that has happened to that kid because of what has happened here? I then am looking to a person next to them who was the kid in that situation, mm -hmm. who, is, who is the adult version of this person did not get to grow up with that. So I'm just looking around, and all of us had just had a bad week, and we're all just talking about this stuff. And I said, what the, what the blessings of the kingdom of God means, your life is not less than because you're a single mom with a kid, that there is still just, there is a rich and satisfying life that is waiting for you. But, you, but if you get hung up on this circumstance, mm. you will miss it. And as long as you think the good life is I, a nuclear family that works the way I, that, that I was promised to. That has enough money to all retire at a certain age and have the house yes. and we all get an inheritance and everything's yes. great and life's pretty easy. Mm -hmm. And nobody and everybody dies in their sleep when they're 104 years old. Or this other person that I'm talking to, and I go, "Your mom and dad couldn't work it out, and so you never got to grow up with parents." There is trauma that's related to that. There are things that, in your body, you are not the way that God pictured it when He thought you up, and He He was hoping your parents would work it out, and they get it, and it didn't happen. But you're not less than because of that, and your life is not the rich and satisfying life. And so that's where I first started before I even mm -hmm. preached the sermon on that. I started saying to them, so congratulations to you. <laughs> the kingdom of God is available because if you don't have the kingdom of God, this is what you're stuck with. That's right. And there is no amount of money that fixes the fact your mom left. No. There is no, and you know that, but that's what gets promised. <laughs> Go to Publix and, you know, your family will look. But we know that's not the truth. That's yeah. the promise of our world is that there is a life of no suffering. Well, there know, is a life of total comfort and it's a and that will fix all the sad things inside of you. That doesn't exist, but there is a rich and satisfying life that's available in Jesus. I I also in the heart of their question is a good question of yes. what do you say to people in these situations. I, I would try to point them to the good life that's available to them. We've mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I and I, I do try to do that. I also when y'all were talking about the Beatitudes, I know that the Beatitudes are Jesus flipping the script. And everybody right. in their society, 
apparently believed what still is believed by ours. Mm -hmm. If you're doing well, God blessed you. And if you're not doing well, because one point Jesus heals a blind man and the disciples go, so who was at fault in making him mm -hmm. blind? Mm -hmm. Was it he, yeah. him or his parents? Yeah. And Jesus goes, well, that's, you, that, that question doesn't even make sense. That's, that's the wrong right. question, wrong question. It turns out they're a bad question. You yes. cannot get a yeah. You can't get a good answer to a really bad question. So he just moves on. Maybe we ought to all come to the place to finally realize that this thing that apparently has been promised, maybe forever to human beings, of if I get everything I want, mm. that would be a good life. Mm. That God knows that is not a good life, and maybe that promise is coming from another place. To distract us and I know we don't talk a lot about uh, opposition and the evil one Spiritual but there warfare. are some there are some lies yes. that continually come back at people yes. and this lie that I can be in control of my life and I can have what I want and that I can somehow know whether I'm on God's side by what happens to me mm. maybe that's not in fact true right. because what God wants is to be trusted he just wants to be trusted. And sometimes the only way that he can know is in the midst of suffering, I trust. He didn't cause the suffering, but do I still trust? Well, and I remember, Do I still trust when I'm poor? And I think what you're getting at, and I think this is huge, is if I get to a place that Jesus is what I want, Jesus is the kingdom of God, Jesus is salvation, Jesus is a rich and satisfying life because everyone who was with Jesus, they weren't even thinking about the kingdom of God. They were thinking about Jesus. They wanted to be near him, that he was a spring of living water that when they're near, to the point that I remember still, it's one of those just things, the first Easter in the pandemic, mm -hmm. May 20, we're, we're, we're sitting there and my, my, we were having church online. And before that, my wife, my wife and kids, we sit down to read the Easter story together. And it had just been a tough week. It was a tough week for me because up until the pandemic, I, I, and I'm not saying I'm not now, but I was such a success-driven person. I had like five or six ministry things that I was starting that were in the works. And I was doing them, I hope, for Jesus. But in the back of my head, it was really like, this is my time now. Like, I'm, I'm entering my 30s. I'm going to have my thing. This is going to be my thing that's going to get. And it all gets shattered. Suddenly, I'm dropped into a pandemic where none of us know what the right solution is. People are mad at us on this side. Uh, we, had, we had disagreements on staff about stuff that was tough for me. I mean, we're just, and none of it's necessarily bad, but my personality, it's just, this is the suffering I did not want to face. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just feeling like, Jesus, I need this Easter to be good. I need to feel something this Easter. And so I'm reading through it, and there's that part where Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb and, and says she's weeping. She runs to who she doesn't realize mm -hmm. is Jesus. But she runs to him and she says, they've taken my Lord's body. I don't know where he is. Will you just tell me where he is? And I, and I just had this, I just start weeping. And my kids are like, oh, mm -hmm. is everything okay? And I told her, I said, it had never occurred to me to this moment how much she just loved Jesus. Mm -hmm. She just loved Jesus. All these men are so scared of being associated. She doesn't even care. She just wants to be with Jesus because she realizes there is more life in the dead body of Jesus than there is anywhere else, and I just need him. And I thought... I'm here worrying about what's going to happen with my career and what's going to happen with this. And there's life in Jesus, and it's available to me. And I'm just, I realized in that moment, I don't think I've ever loved Jesus as much as she loved Jesus. Mm. And I think, and so to the, to the point that you're trying to make, 
That's what Jesus is trying to get us to. When you talk about trust, he's trying to get us to the point that I love him so much, there is nothing I want more than just to be with him. Well, and I allow him to reshape my ideas of good life. Yes. I just allow, I take everything that flow out of me that go, that person wants a child and doesn't have it. Man, their life can't ever be good. That person got a divorce. Their life can't ever be good. That person has this happen that can't ever be good. And I let Jesus reshape that thought yes. in me. That is a key part of me going, maybe my thought is wrong. Yes. Maybe my thought of, and so the person at least asked the right question. So what's a good life look like? It's trusting Jesus in every situation so that I can say with Paul, I've learned to be content mm -hmm. in any and all mm -hmm. situation. Mm -hmm. I can do everything, homelessness, I could do people not treating me the way I deserve to be treated. Again, I'm not talking about staying in abuse. No. no. Uh, I can do any, I can do poverty. I can do wealth. I won't let wealth corrode me. I won't let poverty destroy me. I won't let my health, if it goes well, or the health of someone I love. I can do everything, and out of that will flow love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness mm -hmm. and gentleness and self-control. Against those things, I don't, I don't need anything else. Mm -hmm. Those things, there's nothing that can stand against that because mm -hmm. that's what the Spirit produces in me. And that doesn't matter whether I'm poor. I've seen that in Haiti. You know, the difference between me and people in Haiti is they got born in Haiti and I got born in the United States. That's it. And That's it. no matter how much they trust Jesus, they're never going to have the things I had at birth. Mm -hmm. They will work their lives and not get that. It doesn't mean God doesn't love them and that God didn't bless them. They just got pushed out in Haiti. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good answer. I think so. I think... Um, we have exhausted our time. So I was going to have another question for this podcast, but I'm afraid if we get into it, it's going to it's going to push this way beyond. The limit. I may have taken that whole thing away. We didn't need to go. I apologize. No, 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 no. no I, I, I don't. That's not what I mean. I th I think it was the right way to answer that question. I just I don't want to push the limits of what people who are listening can handle. So I try to keep this pretty con as concise as possible. So I Which think is tough with all of us. It is, but I think this next question deserves uh, okay. plenty of time as well. And if we get done with it quick next week, I'll throw in another because I got another one. I got okay. a list, man. I got a <laughs> list. I'm but you ready. need to add to it by sending us That's something. right. Keep them coming. We will keep talking. And uh, if, if you want us to keep talking. <laughs> We're going to keep talking whether keep you send them or not. Either way. <laughs> We're going to have these conversations every week. So y'all keep coming back and we'll help you uh, hopefully think well about your life. Think the way Jesus wants us to think. And uh, hopefully that will translate into us living the life he wants us to live because that's what we're all about. Absolutely. So, all right. So come back next week. I have a really good question ready for you. Mm -hmm. See you then. Love you guys. Bye-bye.